because I'm sure we can. I mean, we always go a little bit longer anyway, but yes, might as well just start talking. We're here as well. This is what we do. We podcast. We just start talking. All of my emotions feel the same. Feel the same. You don't like where this is going. Look away. Look away. You're not in my way. classic episode we are on a dave episode and i think uh on our on on the live recording you asked me to like uh pick a movie about mothers and i'm so mad at myself that it took me so long to think of psycho like the ultimate movie about like there's a character that is known as nothing else but mother uh in this movie uh and it's one of the most you know highly regarded films of all time um even like even for a director like Alfred Hitchcock, you know, this is seen as, you know, at a minimum, like top two or top three of his movies and always in the top 25 of all movies ever made. Uh, so that definitely fits with uh, my side of the street here. Uh, but to switch things up a little bit, we both watched two versions of this movie because Mike is like, uh, it's the strangest, one of the strangest fascinations you have, I think, is the 1998 uh quote unquote shot for shot remake which it's not uh but pretty uh pretty uh pretty close to that uh Gus Van Sant's version of Hitchcock's classic and I had never seen this version I had of course seen the the 1960 version but it had been some time since I'd seen it so I asked Mike who is the resident expert I think even just the expert in general on 1998 Psycho, not even just between the two of us, but like, you know more about this movie than anyone, uh, maybe. And not Gus Van Sant. No, fuck me. him. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, so you told me, watch the 1998 one first. Maybe because if you watch 1960 first, you're just like building in disappointment because uh, mm. it's one of the greatest movies of all time, like kind of hard to live up to that. Um, so I watched 1960, uh, I watched 1998 and then watched 1960. Uh, I took like an hour off to eat dinner in between them, uh, but had kind of a double feature of Psycho Day, uh, yesterday. So that was, uh... Just as, uh, Hitch would have wanted <laughs> a remake of his film, uh, almost 40 years later, Dave, I'll give you an hour, Hitch, and then impress me again with your... <laughs> Pithy little original, your your black and yes, white version, your plucky uh, little film. <laughs> no, uh, no Rob Zombie appearances. Come on, show me something. Jeez, oh, yeah. So I, I have questions for you, Mike, uh, about right. 1998. So I was actually talking about this with our mutual friend Manish, uh, who has also seen both versions because he's a fucking movie nerd like us. Um, and I'm wondering, do you think Gus Van Sant made this? with the expectation that you had seen the original? Like, was this only for fans of the original? Or do you think this was for the general public? I seem to recall in the um, the build-up, the press this, because I was, as as you, you've already called me weird, I was fucking pumped for this <laughs> in 1998. Such a so weird I, thing I to be hyped <clears throat> for. It's <laughs> yeah. So I mean, when this was announced, I would have been fifteen or so, and so I'm I'm tracking this, and uh, I can even go back to like the Ain't It Cold News <clears throat> days, uh, which you know is fitting in that time period, mm -hmm. uh, where there was a lot of speculation that because uh, they were pretty open, uh, Van Sant in particular, that um, 
this is going to be a shot for shot remake. Like, uh, why, if you love a classic film so much, uh, why do you feel the need to alter it and change it? And he had a, a point that I actually agree with, which as you know, in theater, um, you get, uh, obviously a modern cast of actors. If it's something that's decades old and you recast it, you restage it and you put on a production of it. So there are certain things where you're just going to get to see Julianne Moore in this part instead. She gets her, her chance to put on the, the headset, the Walkman, and do her version <laughs> of the thankless part of the sister mm-hmm. uh, exposition machine <laughs> yes. uh, for her version of the, the, the Crane sisters. But if I got to listen and, to someone tell me a plot of a movie, Julianne Moore's a pretty good choice. It's pleasant. And... So I I agree with that point. I also think, and maybe it's only worse now, um, where almost everything is within your fingertips. Uh, mm. You know, if you're one is willing to spend four bucks to rent it, you pretty much can rent almost anything that's had any degree of success. Now, you know, I don't want to get too far into the weeds of home video enthusiasts where it's like, well, what about this little scene film? Okay. We're talking about psycho. Yeah. So psycho yeah. will always be available <laughs> yes. in some form or fashion. Yes. Uh, Dave gets on Twitter and shows off his 4k box set. That's his <laughs> way he rolls. I click on my 4k version on my Apple TV or once again, sorry, hitch my iPhone at work. To be fair, you've seen this movie a number of I've times. I've seen it a thousand yeah, times. Yeah. Uh, and also, my iPhone has a nicer screen than my television. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, you know, as long as I'm holding it close enough to my face, I'm getting the best possible version. <laughs> it's um, very, remin- so very reminiscent of our logo for the show. Like, just the, the box around. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. People are trying to talk to me and, you know, at work. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. It's psycho <laughs> I'm trying time. Trying to form some, some thoughts here <laughs> for my recording that's going across, across the country. Uh, for for Mother's Day weekend, uh, but I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about that point? Because there, the other argument is like remake stuff that sucked and see if you can improve it in some way. But I would think that the closest approximation, not in the attempt of doing shot for shot, which I think was more of a uh, more of a technical uh, buzz he got off of it. As he, I think for him, it was seen as a like how different is filmmaking now? Mm-hmm. Like I want to try to how did he shoot this in the '60s? Can we still accomplish it? Uh, and also, like, how much easier or harder is it to to get ourselves back into that mindset of Hitchcock? So I think he was approaching it from a cinephile perspective. But I do think that as far as the general release, um, it was just new actors in color. Right. Uh, and we're presenting it to a new generation that in the 90s, I wouldn't say it was the easiest even then. Even though Psycho's famous. Like, I know I can only speak for my local video store in small town, Kentucky. You couldn't rent it. You had to you had to buy or know someone who had a copy of Psycho on VHS. So there was something to that. Right. But the modern movie I want to throw back to you is uh, Suspiria, which uh-huh. goes a different direction. But it's a famous movie in cinephile circles, mm-hmm. but maybe not to the broader public. Even I mean, even less so than Psycho. Yeah. Uh, and so let's put out a newer version of it. Now, they don't attempt to shot for shot at all they just kind of take they the, change everything the, I mean, the setting and the, the premise kind right. of loosely and maybe some of the themes but uh you know wh- how do you feel because that, that's two different ways to tackle a classic there yeah and this version of Psycho. i i really like that quote from gus van sant about kind of comparing this to theater because you can see you know if you really like shakespeare you can go see as you like it 
you know, uh, every every couple years from a different troupe and, you know, there's mm-hmm. going to be a different setting and a different style and different choices. And there's some interesting stuff to be made of that. Um, Suspiria, which is a movie that I know you do not like very much, uh, but I do. No, I've, I've seen it three times. So, strange <laughs> Damn <thing>. podcast, man. <laughs> um, I, I do have that moment of like, why did we call this Suspiria? Like, it's not, mm. you know, like it's a it's a good movie to me, but like. Uh, not so much with the psycho i assume like well we kind of here's the kind of have to call it psycho yeah yeah you, you definitely do i mean they're keeping the very same plot it it's an interesting choice to like you know purposefully set this in 1998 like there's a little title card because there's like nothing about this really that screams 1998 versus 1950 or it actually probably fucks it up a little bit yeah because some of the the sensibilities seem seem off yeah i agree uh, but the thing, yeah. the thing that seems most off to me that I just because I I enjoyed watching this. I think it's I think the filmmaking itself is wonderful. Like especially after watching them both, like the things he recreated, the the panning choices, the stylistic choices. I'm like, yeah, this is this is really well done. And there's enough small differences that I'm like, yeah, it's still it's not just a shot for shot thing. There's even a uh, like the the moment where the private investigator is killed. Um, you get much more of a close-up of the attack, and it's enough different from Hitch's work that you're like, oh, that's kind of a cool stylistic choice, but it still stays within the realm of what he's trying to do. So as as directing-wise, great. Um, the thing that throws me off most, and it's why I asked, like, who is this movie for? Um, because the casting of both Anne Heche and Vince Vaughn is what irks me here. Um, and I don't know if it's a casting issue, if it's an acting choice issue, or if it's a directing choice issue, is that when you watch the original, especially when you watch Anthony Perkins, he's very charming. He's awkward, but you can see why she would let him in the room. Not so much in 1998. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's awkward, but he's like, he's kind of annoying and he's creepy. And Anne Heche is also like way more standoffish in this role than the original. And it just like, I, so there's not as much likability um, for either of these characters here. You have a vacancy? Oh, we have 12. In fact, 12 cabins, 12 vacancies. <laughs> they moved away the highway. Oh, I thought I had gotten off the main road. I knew you must've no one ever stops here anymore unless they've done that. Uh, but it's no use in dwelling on our losses. No, we just keep on lighting the lights and following the formalities. Cabin one. It's closer in case you want anything. I'm right next to the office. Oh, I, I want sleep more than anything else. Except maybe food. Uh, stuffy in here. Well, the mattress is soft, and there's hangers in the closet, and uh, there's stationery with Bates Motel written on it, just in case you want to make your friends back home envious. Uh, <laughs> And, um, uh, the, uh, over there. The bathroom. Mm-hmm. If you want anything at all, just tap on the wall, because I'll be in the office. Well, thank you, Mr. Bates. Norman Bates. You know, you have something that most girls don't have. I have. And there's not a name for it, but, uh, it's something that puts a person at ease. Well, thank you again. You're not really going to go out again and drive up to that diner, are you? No. Would you do me a favor, then? Would you have dinner with me? I was just about to myself on nothing 
special, just sandwiches and milk, but I like it very much if you came up to the house. I don't set a fancy table or anything, but the uh, kitchen's awful homey. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to. All right. Well, then you get uh, settled in and take off your wet shoes, and I'll be back as soon as it's ready with my trusty umbrella. I'll agree with you on the Vince Vaughn part because it's totally on Van Sant and it's totally in the casting process, uh, not so much Vince Vaughn. He is just too physically imposing, which Anthony yeah. Perkins uh, was uh, – he appeared to be a tall man, but, but thin. skinny. Yeah, thin, like a bird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, Vince Vaughn, uh, he seems like he could really fuck someone up as, yeah. as Norman here. Um, and – yeah, even if he was a, uh, I don't know. He it seems like he put on weight in like two years uh, because yeah. I'm thinking like go back to his swingers. He was pretty rail thin. He's the right body <laughs> yeah. type in swingers. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But yeah, he he. I don't know if he was a uh, what action movie was he bulking up for? <laughs> you know, to be kind of mean to Vince Vaughn. You know, obviously he he kind of did the Alec Baldwin thing. He put on weight and he just kind of kept it. And it's like you know that this is who I am now. Which whatever, good for him. Good for him. But yep. but as Norman Bates, yes, he is. Um, someone that later on in the film uh vigo i'm like i don't know if i think i could just take this guy in a fight like i think i'd be more apprehensive if i'm <laughs> i have this ruse where i need to physically restrain him we need eastern provinces vigo yeah. <laughs> but i will uh i guess buck up against you a little bit with and Hayes because i actually like her combativeness a little bit more because i think that's actually keeping with uh, an attempt at a more modern sensibility yeah uh, yeah that's true uh you know, why are you asking these kind of very specific questions about my personal life? I just met you and I really just want to get to bed. Uh, cause yeah, upon rewatching it, you have the original version of, of Marion is at the very least she attempts some degree of interest or it seems like she's interested in like this man's life. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like kind of second nature. Like, okay, you asked me about my life. I asked me about, ask you about yours and that's just how people interact. Like, you know, the the sort of uh, stranger helping me out in the storm. Like, I'm coming to stay to his his version of a, a bed and breakfast, I guess, with sandwiches and this creepy <laughs> den milk. Of, stuff, of stuffed animals. Um, but, yeah, I so I didn't have a problem necessarily with uh, Haish in particular. And I actually think they lean into an experience I had when I watched the first film. Um, I had a great experience uh, with it on first watch. Somehow... All I knew about it as a kid was the shower yeah, scene. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know what happened in the shower. I just know that there's something, there's a shower sequence that is famous. That's it. So on rewatching the original, it is, it's telegraphed in the way that uh, even he introduces the bathroom to her when he's showing her her room and he opens the door and turns on the bathroom light and he's like, and there's, and she's like the, the the bathroom, and yeah, like it, it, there's something fearful about the shower. There's a kid. I'm like, oh, what is it about the shower? What is it? <laughs> is it a cursed <laughs> space? Uh, not thinking, I wasn't wrapping my head around the time that maybe that those are subject matters that you don't talk about so much. So that I think this is the first film to show a toilet flush. I think. Yeah, yeah I think that's um, right. Mm -hmm. So that stuff you can't. I mean, you can't do if you're setting it in the '90s, and you can't expect a wide release '90s film aimed at kids who like scream right. which let's let's be fair here this did not do well this did not convert no. people to come see psycho uh <laughs> even though i think that the marketing was fairly effective it just wasn't effective in 
selling why you should care about Norman Bates. It's right. weird. If you go back and watch the trailer, it's almost like, you know who Norman Bates is. I'm like, okay, so we, we're going against the original premise of this, of restage this for a new audience that hasn't been exposed to it. It seems like the marketing was, you know, Psycho. Right. Now you'll know it with Vince Vaughn as Psycho. And I'm like, I, well, I don't know if that's, See, that's I where think, I'd hang my hat. I think that's where I like I kind of take a left turn on this movie where it's like, uh, you know, Van Tech clearly wanted to – it makes you wonder how involved he was in the marketing of this movie, what the process was. Because he clearly wants to like, you know, see if the power of Psycho can work for a new generation. And yet – the movie plays it as if, and maybe it's just because I know who Norman Bates is, but like I'm watching it going like, okay, I'm ready for this twist. I'm re- And whereas the original Psycho, like this is, like this movie was revolutionary. Uh, not only I thought the- Marion was the Psycho. On my first watch of the mm. original, when she's listening right. to the people have conversations about her stealing the money, which obviously she can't have access to. So she's constructing their response in her head. Yes. And yes. smiling about it, about what she's, what she's not gotten away with. I mean, physically she has removed herself from that situation, but the ruse, the game, the jig is up. Yeah. Pretty, pretty soon. quick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought I'm like, Oh, I'm watching a, a woman having a breakdown here. Like this is the person that I should fear like, what are they going to do next? Uh, her interactions with the, the police, the, the used car salesman, all of that. Uh, so it does, it settled me in to not be as scared of Norman in the beginning. Mm. And certainly the way Anthony Perkins plays it yet again, not so much when Vince Vaughn shows up, I'm like, Hmm, I don't, I don't I mean, know if I trust this guy. I've, I've seen how he treats the ladies and swingers. I don't know. I By the way, <laughs> the, the movie he did after this was the cell. Um, so kind of a actiony kind of role. Um, so maybe he was bulking up for that. Let's we'll, we'll give him that. That leeway. Not he just, just likes he just likes food, Dave. Yeah, same. I get it, buddy. <laughs> he got his uh, his uh, Jurassic Park two money, and he was like, <laughs> yeah, "Fuck exactly. it." <laughs> so I guess, like you know, for me in the original version, the revolutionary part of this movie is not only you know the fact that Norman is the killer, but the fact that they kill off the protagonist halfway through the movie, mm. and then it completely switches. Whereas when you're watching this movie, you're kind of like, "Yeah, this is not going to end well for her." Like you can kind of you can kind of see this coming, kind of a mile away, and it's a it's a really odd choice, both casting wise and just the way the movie is framed, that you can kind of see it coming. So I think I think the movie itself loses that power unless you're a fan of the original. So this feels like a movie that's like made for people who. And it's tough because it's made for people who love the original, but people who love the original are going to be way harder on this than anyone else. Because it's a classic. It's one of the best movies ever made. How dare you remake an Alfred Hitchcock movie, blah, blah, blah. I don't have an issue with them remaking it. It's just uh, the casting Boy, a lot of people are, did. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably true. Okay, here's a, here's a question for you. Um, back in the Ain't It Cool days, there was mm-hmm. a lot of speculation that uh, Gus Van Sant – uh, you know, uh, you can't go a day without a boxing analogy with Gus Van Sant that he was pulling a rope of dope on <laughs> us poor, <laughs> stupid film fans that he kept saying, uh, shot for shot, shot for shot. Uh, and, uh, after the shower sequence, it was going to diverge completely. Mm. It was going to do its own thing. And I remember going into the theater. I was pumped for it. And I, did, I don't think I cared either way. I was just happy that. Sure. Uh, being such a, a, a kid that got into Hitchcock through uh, my grandma that uh, I was just happy that it was like 
being talked about again. I didn't realize based on the box office that it was <laughs> no one was going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I I was thinking like, all right, let's get to the shower scene, and if it's shot for shot, that's cool with me. And if they go a different direction, so I guess I I, I set in, in a, a particular seat, an area by myself in film fandom where I didn't care if they were doing a remake. I didn't care if they were going to change it up. Uh, I just wanted to, to see someone else kind of play with these toys again. Uh, and I'm much more interested in how this film would be received if it came out now. Um, I don't know if people would be as protective as they are. That's why I brought up Suspiria. Cause I think Suspiria is like sort of equally regarded as a classic if you're in the letterbox community yeah. or in uh, the horror community in general, I think it's, yeah. Well, definitely. that's another, there's a, a side topic there. Do you think psycho has been removed from the horror community? Yes. Is it? Yes. Okay. It's too good. I, it's too, it's, it's a classic. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't say that, but it's, I was gonna say it was too early. It's too early to be considered like in the horror genre. Well, it I, I firmly mean, resides in the classic movie. Yeah, uh, but I mean, TCM I think I think any movie that like you know is quote unquote like an awards movie or highly regarded in the way that like this is one of the best movies ever made. I think it gets like by the general population gets removed from the horror category. Mm-hmm. Like it just like it's just like well no this is a, the you know, a, psych- the a psychological effect. thriller. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And and both of these movies. I mean, this is a. You know, it's a slasher movie, literally. Like this is this is kind of the original. It's like if you look at it, if you take a step back from it, this is because you know you're as you're watching, you think this is the story of Marion Crane, and then you realize, no, no, this is actually the story of Norman Bates. We're just getting her to arrive uh, to Norman Bates's hotel, and then it's you know he kills her, he kills the next person who shows up, you know, and eventually he gets taken out. But it really is kind of the original Jeez. slasher movie. Spoilers. Dave, <laughs> Gus for a Van movie Sant. from nineteen, was it nineteen sixty? Almost twenty five years ago, Gus Van Sant said the kids don't know about Psycho, so I'm going to give them this experience. And then, you know, marketing got a hold of it. And I'm uh, pretty, I'm pretty confident that, that anyone listening to a podcast about two versions of Psycho mm. is going to know where this is headed. I mean, I would hope. So, is there is there an argument that Gus Van Sant might have been positing? Um, clearly, a fan of the original. Uh, that people at that time, uh, the build up to his release in 1998, that well, the younger generations they're not either it's not available or they're not going to bother going back to watch this black and white. Movie. Yeah, no, That's, I, I, it's a different it, time. Go now, ahead and pull out your your feigning couches, <laughs> movie podcast listeners. But I I tend to think that. That's true, uh, except for the argument as far as availability. If, right. if it's, people have heard about it, they probably can find it now. But I don't know. Like, I mean, do you do you think that the 1960 Psycho younger generations? I mean, I can't see like horror film fans that are younger going back to it until they've already developed their their tastes and their favorites. Uh, it might be Scream going back to this remakes time period. Scream. You know, could be the new classic. I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine that they fall into fandom of horror with Psycho first. I don't think anyone's going back. No, to, no, no, no. No one's no. doing the awards don't matter thing of let's go back <laughs> to 1928, 29, and then go down. Yes. The Start list. with the man who laughs and go. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't think that's happening. Um, it, it does make me think, you know, you bringing up like what would it be like if it was released now? Like if this was, I mean, I hate to say it. But if this was released like just directly to streaming, I think people would have been a lot kinder to it. 
Um, if you're not expecting like a big opening weekend and like, oh, let's everybody go out and see Gus Van Sant's version of Psycho. But if you're looking at this from a film perspective, kind of like, oh, someone's doing a shot for shot remake of, you know, an established classic. And you could, if you had that on streaming, the streaming service could put them right next to each other and it would be really easy to access everything and see where the differences are. I think it's a lot more interesting that way, but like just seeing it relatively blind, because I think most most people watching it in 1998 um, who were young probably had the same knowledge that you did, right? I know about the shower scene. I know like the, the, the knowledge you had before you saw the original, just like, oh, okay, let's go into this. But even the way some sequences are filmed, like it's, it feels like it's not designed to fool you. As I'm watching that first shower scene where you see what we figure out later is Norman come out of the shadows, essentially, in the wig. In the original, the face is completely obscured. And so it could be easy to be like, well, maybe the mom is still there. Maybe he's he's trying to control her, but he can't. And in this, it's like so it becomes so obvious that that is a ruse from the very beginning, just because of the way that's filmed, because you see a little bit of the face and like, you know, the, the wide set jaw. And you're like, OK, I know who that is. And again, I've seen the original. So maybe that's messing with me as I watch mm. it. But it just doesn't seem as hidden as Hitchcock's version. It doesn't seem Does as it- subtle. Does it reveal the um, the trappings of the original uh, as far as that came out in 1960 and inspired so many other classic films that we're now used to some of the song and dance, some of the tricks at mm-hmm. play here that in 1960 were were groundbreaking. And I'm right. I'm saying that as someone that look I I saw it when I was you know nine or ten years old on VHS and it totally blew me away. So it's it you know. <laughs> maybe I was just stupid or just young enough to where I've not seen enough right. of what came after psycho that I, I did somehow get to start back uh, at the beginning. But I mean, I agree with you to, to some extent you watch the 98 version and it feels like they're really, they're really bending over backwards to try to maintain the facade of <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the hobbies of Mr. Bates here and how he's moving around. Um, I think even, not seeing mother, just hearing her. I think you raise an eyebrow now. I think with modern audiences, you're yeah. like, okay, wait, what's going on with that? Uh, I, I think the staginess of it in 1960 works, uh, just fine. I, and I think, let's see, Rebecca has one that Netflix did Oof. last fall. Horrible. That was my, uh, least favorite movie of 2020 so far. I've seen like 60. I've it's got 60 call. on Letterboxd. Yeah. <laughs> it was, pretty bad. And I'm not a, look, I'm not a, if you've listened the last 20 minutes, I'm fine with remakes, even of Hitchcock things. That's cool. I, I checked, I was checking it out that first weekend and, uh, it stinks. And <laughs> even before all that shit came out about army hammer, right? Not it's a good stiff. actor. He, he's yeah. a fucking stiff. He just, he just, the only thing he's been good in is the social network and he's playing a stiff. It's yeah, <laughs> it works. You know, um, I, I think that you're right. If it came out on Netflix as a curiosity, like, I don't know if people are just willing to experiment more or they're less beholden to like what you can and can't do in, in film. Uh, Cause psycho in 98 is a classic. Maybe in 2021, it's like, well, fuck uh, we get uh, superhero characters like 24 seven. Right. How come these classic films can't get their moment in the sun where we, we use this IP and that sort of thing? Like it's a little bit cynical, but it's also 
like it's defensive in nature where it's like, <laughs> no, no, no. We want these classic films to maintain their supremacy over all this trash. So the only way to do it is to keep restaging it, keep bringing it back up into the, uh, the pop culture vocabulary. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's a, a valiant effort. I, yes. even when I saw I agree. it then, and I like it more than most just because I, I enjoyed my time seeing it. I enjoyed the hype about it. I enjoyed uh, the curiosity factor of like, are they really going to do shot for shot? Are they going to do something different? Uh, it was one of those sort of roller coaster ride experiences, which is strange for a shot for shot remake that I can, that I was on the edge of my seat wondering what was going to happen next. I think that's where some of the blowback came is that afterwards people were like, Oh, it was it just was the same. shot for shot, but it wasn't as good. And it's right, like, well, right. it was never going to be as good. No. Um, so I don't know where those expectations came from, but, uh, so much so I know you would crack up at this last night as I'm like going through it again, I get on eBay and I'm like, I wonder if someone got like an original poster of the 1998 version. Like just the, <laughs> the, the woman behind the shower curtain, just you know, the, the blood imagery rising up. I'm like, I'm going to make sure that I, and of course I could get them for like six or seven bucks, like the double sided, like, <laughs> like no one cares, but I care. God damn it. And, uh, yeah, I still, I still, uh, have a sense of fun every time I check it out. I still have that sense of curiosity uh, about it. I don't think this one, does this one have a 4k edition? I don't Dave? think so. I don't think so. Does it even <laughs> yeah, have a release? Dignity. <laughs> <laughs> so there was one scene I wanted to talk about in detail because I found it very interesting. The differences between the original and the new one, not so much in staging, but in the way it's played. In the very basically it's basically the first scene in the movie right you know camera pans throughout the city and goes into this window which again for that time pretty pretty revolutionary stuff right as far as camera movement and you you know you come in on this couple in bed right you soon find out it's your lead character she's with this man who's technically still married but in the process of getting a divorce and so they have to meet in secret right uh one thing i appreciate about the new one uh, a lot of uh male nudity in that scene, you got uh, Vigo looking good, uh, not clothed in that sequence. So that's really good. But the thing. Man likes to show off his butt. He yeah, does. That's, that's yes. the thing. Man's in good him. shape, man. God mm-hmm. bless him. The thing I find really interesting about that scene is that, you know, there's a scene of them in bed and they're being affectionate. Um, and I found there was more passion in the original version than in the new one. Um so when you've got, you know, Janet Lee in that bed with this guy, like you could tell she really wants him. She desires him. And with Anne Hayes, it's like it's very cold. So like you have the sexual nature of the scene, like purely represented by male nudity, uh, which I guess makes sense with Gus Van Sant being a gay director. That's that's like, yeah, you're not wearing any clothes in this scene, Vigo. But like the how interaction. Dare, how dare you, Dave? <laughs> but, I, as a, but, I as a straight man would make that same exact choice. <laughs> you are a strange straight man. I will, I will say let's that. Let's see the beef. Come on. <laughs> what right. am I paying you for, Vigo? Also, you know, Anne Hayes, move to the side. We want to see the whole picture here. What are we doing? Um, but Anne Hayes and it and it. I think it's a character choice because she's like that for the rest of the movie, which which is another thing I, I kind of recoil from is that she is cold for most of the movie um, to kind of everybody. Whereas when you've got Janet Lee in that role, when you have that passion with her and this guy in the beginning and then she makes her choices and then she gets cold, especially when she's talking to the highway patrol officer, you can tell this is a cover. Whereas with Anne Hatia's portrayal, it feels like, no, no, that's just who she is. 
she's cold and she doesn't interact with people. Even when this is someone she supposedly loves and she's stealing all this money for. So it becomes like, okay, why are you making that choice? I'm not sure I really, I really buy that you care about this guy. Uh, which is interesting because you would think a movie in 1998, you'd be able to show more romantic interaction, more passion, more desire than you would, you know, back when the original Psycho came out. It was just an interesting kind of dichotomy of these of these two scenes, which are basically the same, except that Vigo doesn't have any clothes and the actor in the original is like constantly like almost dressed up to the neck. Uh, but you get more of that passion from the older version. I think that the original version, um, Marion is, is acting out of uh, a more romantic notion of I'm ready for my, my life to begin. Whatever my, my version of real life is where she is in love with this man that is, uh, you know, that that's also, well, I mean, I guess you can speak uh, as far as the divorce process, but like uh, certainly back in the original version, uh, that it seemed like there had to be a certain sense of decorum about yeah. how we go about this. Um, now it's probably just legalese of how we untangle ourselves from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I take that it's it's more about the um, the the affection she has for this this future life, but it's mm. it's kind of ruining that that love that it's having to be be put at a standstill like she can't really sort of throw herself into this this the passion of it even though that we do open with them presumably after sex they're in this hotel room together the more modern version the way and Hayes her version of the character plays it is i think vigo is playing it as sort of the 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 mimbo version yes, yes. and i feel like she plays it like I've got to do something because this guy's incapable this of moving dummy, forward. This himbo doesn't know what's going <laughs> like, on. Yeah. I don't find it as endearing from a love story perspective other than uh, I think this is where the nudity has a plot point. Uh, and Hayes, like, she's getting something out of this and she'd yep. like to keep keep getting that. But it's like I've got to move this boulder forward. I've, I, it's got to be me that does something here. So I think that she's uh, – a little bit more aggressive in all of her interactions. And that, that actually plays fine with me. It's to go back just briefly to the Vince Vaughn and Hayes thing. This is a little bit more of a time cap capsule than perhaps like if you're like I, for me, classic cinema, I'm unaware of like who was hot at that particular time. I don't right. have that historical point of reference to that know context. Uh, yeah. This mm -hmm. is when this actor was on the come up or at their peak, whatever. Um, I, having lived during this time period, know <laughs> yes. that it's like, well, Anne Hayes and Vince Vaughn were like, they were about to be the next big thing at yep. this point. And they weren't at least, I mean, Vince <laughs> Vaughn has been very successful in comedy, but that's very different from, he can play Norman Bates. He can be in the Spielberg action movie. Uh, you know, he's funny in swingers. He can do it all. And Hayes, I think this was the year that her and Harrison Ford had that, uh, six days, seven nights yep. Yep. bomb. So she was getting the push and it's, it does date these movies. Unfortunately, when you're like, and then it all stopped. Then <laughs> yes. Hollywood, I mean, they, they both had successful careers. <laughs> I think, you know, I think my reaction when I turned this movie, I was like, Oh, remember Anne Hayes? Oh, wow. <laughs> I haven't you, thought of you that probably name would have a, a different reaction if <laughs> Julian Moore was uh, playing the Marion part because you're like, yeah, that makes she's continued yeah. on, yeah. Uh, and that's I don't mean for that to sound mean. I just think that it, you know mentioning Spielberg, he's kind of guilty of that as well. You go back through some of his films, especially with younger actors, uh, he's always got whoever was just like in something that was successful. Vince Vaughn coming off Swingers gets in a Jurassic Park 
movie. And we have, uh, unfortunately for him, um, West Side Story, the remake, is Baby Driver. You know what I mean? And so he's always yeah. he's always picking the people that's like and even, right on the even, brink. Even back to movies that um, that he didn't end up doing. I guess originally he was he was slated to direct the first Harry Potter movie, uh, but he desperately wanted Haley Joel Osment, and they told him no, so he left the project. Like he gets really hooked on these certain actors who are either just blew up or he feels like yeah they're ready. It's time. I can see it, and really gets connected to them. And I think sometimes to the detriment of the movies. So certainly a detriment here if as far as your engagement with the material um because <laughs> this this feels like the uh the 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 restaging that didn't pan out but then the next group came in and they're like oh those are the ones that really <laughs> yes. really made it uh, that way but yeah you're you're just an Anne Hae hater for some reason and I'm I I keep having to defend her, her sensibilities <laughs> I actually think that Julian Moore is the one that comes across as the most broad because she came in mm. with uh, what is sort of the thankless role, uh, her and Vigo both, to be fair. Uh, yeah. I think Vigo comes across far better with his, like that character was just there to look good. And I'm going right. to lean into that. Yes. Julian Moore, I think is attempting to give her, her version, something more. And but she, there's just nothing to that character. She just ends I mean, up. She turns the volume up. She just ends up yelling yes, at people yes. <laughs> with the same dialogue. Yes, there's a lot of yelling and apologizing with that character. That's kind of all all they're there for. Um, but you mentioned like kind of the aggressiveness of Anne Heche's character, and I think this is a this is a common theme throughout this movie. There's a lot of turning up the volume of aggression in this movie, and the the one I immediately thought of is Rita Wilson. Uh, who who plays like her, you know, the other secretary, the office mate. Uh, yeah. and especially Hitchcock's in, daughter, uh, Pat, I believe, in the original. Right. Yeah. And in the original, it's like, it's pretty mild. You know, the lines are the same, but it like that whole thing about like, oh, he must have seen my wedding ring. That's why he didn't flirt with me. It's very like subtle in the original. And in this version, I mean, Rita Wilson is like dolled up and she's playing a caricature. And it's a lot. Like that sequence when the two of them are talking, I'm like, I, when I watch the original, I don't despise that other character. She's just like a normal, you know, mm, I despise in the both. <laughs> stop, <laughs> but, stop but shit think, talking. But I think Rita Wilson's version of that, it's like it's so over the top and so aggressive, both in look and in the way she speaks. I was just like, oh man, get. It's the only moment where with Anne Heche's character, I'm like, all right, I get it. I'd want to get out of this life too. It's, it's time to go. And I also feel like the the like the the rich character is better in the original. It's like even though it's a very broad performance, it's much more subtle than the 1998s. I'm version getting of the same a thing. weird sense of uh, creepy old dudes that you're into uh, waving money in your face. Uh, <laughs> I myself, Dave, don't have a preference. Uh, I think they both stink. But, well, they okay. do. <laughs> yes, they both do. But I think there is a tendency, especially with remakes of classic films or not even classic in terms of quality, but in terms of the time to make it bigger, to make it more intense, because that is, you know, especially during the 90s, that's kind of the style. And I watch it now and I'm like, yeah, we, you know, it, it's it's a tough sell already to remake one of the greatest movies of all time. Like I, I admire the, the chutzpah of uh, Mr. Vincent. To make this movie, to even attempt this, because like, wow, that is, that's ballsy. You know, top 10, top 15 movies of all time. I mean, where is it on the, on the AFI list? It's got to be like, it's got to be like top 20, right? Number 14. I can tell you that the uh, 14 90, of all time. 98 version has a nice 39% on 
on Rotten Tomatoes and a 28% from the audience score. So. Ooh, wow. That's, wow. that's rough. I mean, I yeah. think, you know, but I, I'm glad I watched it and I feel like it's a, it's a really interesting experiment, especially from, if you're like a big film fan, like I, I wouldn't recommend this to people who are like, you know, film fans in the way of like, oh, I watch movies here and there. But if like you study film, if you watch a lot of movies, I think it's interesting to see the craft and there's some interesting choices made. I mean, probably the big differences in this movie, other than the, you know, Vince Vaughn masturbating behind a wall, is the choice to show these like nature sequences as the as the violence is occurring. Um, which I'm not sure if I like, but I appreciate that he did something there. Um, I've, I've never been into that sort of Oliver Stone bullshit, that sort of natural born <laughs> killers thing. Not for me. No. Yeah, it's a it's a choice. Um, and it makes me wonder if he made that choice because, I mean, one of the things that's interesting about both of these movies is, yeah, you see blood, it's violent, but it's not gory, right? You don't, even in that shower scene, you don't see the knife enter the skin. It's the, the shot always pauses as the point of the blade is touching the skin and then it flashes backwards, uh, which is a really interesting choice. And it makes me wonder if that's because of the time that this was made in. If like, oh, I can't get away with that. And if Hitchcock was alive in the eighties and nineties, if it would have been more vicious and more violent. Uh, but I think it makes it more horrific because you can't really see what's happening. It kind of leaves it up to your mind to kind of fill that in until she collapses and pulls the shower curtain down like that stuff really works uh but yeah like van sense making some choices there it's not something i would do necessarily one of the strange uh differences that i noticed that i was like why why that there's a scene in both movies where he's you know he's watching her through the hole in the wall right and in the original hitchcock version the hole is like a pinprick like it's tiny and in the (laughs) The Gus Van Sant version, he takes the thing off the wall and it's this giant, the hole is like as big as his head. Like it's just this I mean, massive. Vince Vaughn's got a giant noggin. What do you want? I mean, <laughs> It's got to be cut specifically for his face is what you're saying. Yes. All right. All right. That's fair. Yeah, you look over and there, it's just his face like replacing the portrait. Like it's just. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, <laughs> becomes it's a very, it's very murder by death. Thing. Very murder yeah. by death. You know, putting your face in the picture, the eyes move mm-hmm. around. Yep. That's, that's where we're at. Yeah. And I see, remember you doing a podcast on this before and you mentioning, and I was trying to remember you mentioning people had some issue with the, uh, the car in the, in the swamp. Is that like is that like a a problem that people have with the original movie, like some sort of weird plot hole, or am I remembering that incorrectly? I don't remember the. Uh, I mean, it's a famous sequence in the original where you're you're kind of roped in. That's the intention, uh, the design of the scene to find yourself um, unwittingly on the side of Norman Bates because you're you're watching him. <laughs> you're rooting for it to go down. The so. car, when it stops, you're like, oh, no, we're not going to get away with it. And you're like, wait, why do I? <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I, don't want... <laughs> I don't want him to get away with it. Um, but it's it's the handoff factor, right? We're, we're going from this is Marion's movie to now it's Norman's. Um, okay. I I seem to recall um, – the there was a curiosity factor of the ending of the 98 version that the credits roll as they're doing the long uh retrieval of yes. the the car and I, I guess it would be like the angry uh mcu fans if they waited and they didn't get their <laughs> fucking howard the duck little yeah, like cameo or whatever nonsense, yeah. um it seemed uh yet again uh, in this case, designed to like we were different. Like you know, this is slightly off from what you'd seen before because this just continues on for no discernible reason. <laughs> um, and I was watching it uh, with my 
teenage friends at the time, and I think we were like hanging back. Like, is there one last there twist of the knife? What is? It? Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. We're just gonna watch that car come up out of the the mud and the filth. And um, it is weird. You mentioned the animal thing. It, it's to be as close as shot for shot as I guess you can be with you know uh, new new uh, camera equipment, new lighting, new you know color, new actors, all of this, which does give it its own sort of sensibilities. Um, I would say not distinctly 1998 it has this weird sort of pop art feel as far as the way the yeah. characters dress and everything. Um, it is weird the choices he made to distinguish himself um, right. during the the stabbing sequences and I guess the uh, the evidence. Um, I mean, he doesn't really get rid of the uh, big speech at the end that everyone always complains about with Psycho, where they explain what you just saw. Which I, I oh, you that's know, what it was. Yeah, that, I don't mind that. I, and I, I don't understand people who reference that in regards to the original Psycho because it's like you. So you have a complete inability to put yourself in the time and the mindset of someone going first weekend that's available in their town to see psycho wondering what the fuck they just saw. Cause I, I'm trying to think Dave, are there modern movies where it's like, they have to walk you along. Like what's a new concept here. Cause I feel like we, you can see them now with hindsight, you can see them explain, uh, why does Norman, uh, you know, does he dress in women's clothes? Like, why does he do that? And they're like, well, okay, here's, you know, here's what we think as far as like what he's attempting to do and his dynamic with his mother. Um, can you think of something that's come out in the last 10 years where we've had to walk people through an early new concept because things are moving pretty fast now too. Like we, we had an episode the, the previous uh, week where I was like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm using the improper pronoun for this and, and you know, mm-hmm. not, not trying to be insulting. I'm just like, okay, this is the things you have to be more cognizant of, uh, even if you're just reading a stupid, stupid movie site of like, here's what came out this week. You have <laughs> right. to have some sort of outside knowledge here because people are not yet. We're not yet cut up to all things. So I always hate when people reference like, oh, it's boring. Why'd they do that? And I'm like, oh, I, you know, I guess you time traveled back to 1960 and people were, this was old hat for them. All this, right. <laughs> all this shit. They totally knew about every inch of this. This was not a new concept at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, I mean, so slightly off topic, but it like, feels like there is a, in terms of engaging uh, with discourse about movies, it's like you're expected to know everything. And if you don't, then you're a troglodyte or you're an idiot or you're you're insulting. Whereas like, you know, back when this movie came out, like, I, I mean, I appreciated the fact that they kind of delineated between transvestism and what was going on here. Because uh, there were probably many movies or many if you gave the plot of this movie, like, oh, it's a transvestite killer. And then you're, you know, you're looping anyone who gets sexual satisfaction from dressing as an opposite gender as like, well, you're a murderer now. And I thought like it was weirdly progressive to have that sequence in here. Um, And it's short enough that it doesn't bother me. I mean, we have tons of fucking movies now that like go on these diatribes in the beginning of movies and like, you know, any, you know, pick any fucking comic book movie you want. And it's always like, well, here's the backstory and here's how they're connected. <laughs> oh, God, who fucking cares? And this is like it to me. This is just like a nice wrap up. Like here's because it's not telling you anything that you necessarily cannot figure out, but it's solidifying it in your mind. Like, yes, what you saw is really what's happening here. Absolutely. Especially given the fact that even when you hear mother's voice. Um, you never, you never see Norman mouthing those words. 
right? It's all internalized. So I think that, I think honestly that scene is necessary. And I like the fact that it's, I think, longer in the original. They detail more information. They, with the Robert Forster, they, they shorten everything up uh, in the Gus Van Sant version. And I, as I watched the new one, I was like, oh, why'd they leave out the rest of that stuff? It's not like there's anything in there that's like insulting or dated in terms of this stuff. Like, I think it still would work now. And it's a nice wrap up. I think the only thing I like that they added in the in the new version of that scene is the cop going, I'm sorry. Uh, that your sister is dead. Uh, whereas in the old one, he's like, yeah, she's dead. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, can we get a little bedside manner here, Mr. Police Officer? That's a little rough. But I mean, you know, it's no, it's no surprise here, like that the original is better. As we've said many times, it's one of the best movies ever made. And I think it's, it's a movie also that I would expect would hold up for people, hold up is the wrong word, but if you had never seen this, and you're, you know, a younger viewer or even our age and somehow missed it. Like, it's still, it's just a fantastic movie. It's brilliantly paced. Um, it's it, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. Like, the, the acting is tremendous. Like, honestly, especially Anthony Perkins. Like, holy shit, what a performance. Like, it's so good. It's so engaging. And, like, the switch that happens when you figure out what's going on with him is really impressive stuff. Because the switch is so, it's so pointed you know, because it starts off, he's like totally engaging and he's a nice guy and you're like, oh, I like him. And then you have that moment of, you know, we all go a little mad sometimes and like putting her in a home. That whole sequence is so much better here because of the subtlety of it. Like you see a little bit behind the eyes, whereas when when Vince Vaughn plays that, I mean, he might as well be like throwing things and, you know, hey, fuck you, Anne Hayes, how dare you? Like, it's just, <laughs> but in this, he's like, he's still gentle. He's upset. But he's he understands where he's at in the in the sequence of events. Whereas this is why again I feel like this is the the remake does feel like you know what's coming, even if you haven't seen the movie. You know this dude is creepy and imbalanced. Whereas with Perkins' performance, there's questions there, and you're wondering where it's going. Which I think is the real power of this movie is wondering where the next step happens and where it goes. Like where do you go after you kill your protagonist? Forty five minutes into the movie. Um, and it takes a great director to kind of wrangle all that, um, and make it work. And I think, you know, you know, Hitchcock, his treatment of, you know, his actors, especially his actresses aside, like there's a reason he is seen as the master of suspense and one of the greatest directors of all time. This is something that actually does hold up. And this is coming from someone who until maybe 10 years ago had seen very few Hitchcock movies. Like I think I had seen the birds on TV when I was a kid and you know, the name, but I just had never delved in and you delve in as a modern film goer. And this stuff still holds up, you know, and this is 60 years ago or whatever. Like it, it's pretty impressive work. Um, and definitely like I would recommend, like if you call yourself not even a film fan, but just someone who likes movies, Hitchcock is something you should definitely delve into because it's not only great filmmaking, but you're going to be able to see, uh, like his influences in movies that you already like or will like in the near future. And I would say that you could, uh, I'm just going to agree with everything Dave said and just apply it to Gus Van Sant's psycho as well. <laughs> 
same, same. <laughs> yeah, Gus Van Sant, Alfred Hitchcock, basically on the same level. Gus Van masters Van's, of uh, suspense, plural. Vance, Vance had such an interesting director, though, because like I can't think of another director that, for me personally, has higher highs and lower lows. Like, there's some movies of his that I just cannot stand. And then he's made some, like, to me, like, absolute classic films, like, just beautiful works of art. And I'm like, where, <laughs> where is the disconnect? What is going well, on? God bless him for using his uh, clout coming off of uh, Goodwill Hunting, nominated mm-hmm. for all the awards, uh, <laughs> to say, you know what I'd like to do, Universal? Give me Psycho. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me take that one for a spin. I guess say he used his clout to get Vigo naked and started off an entire career of naked Vigo. And we appreciate that. I'm not so. going to give him that much respect for that because Vico <laughs> is a whore. He will yeah. show his ass in <laughs> knife fights. He's like, uh, Vigo need an action sequence where you're being stabbed. Can't be naked. <laughs> All right. All right. I guess. Sign me up, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, maybe the only of, thing uh, he wasn't naked in was Lord of the Rings. Maybe that's the only. <laughs> yeah. Who needs it? And there's so much. I mean, those movies are so long. There was a. Yes. Any number of attempts, like Rivendell, he's bathing or something. Just yeah, do yeah. like the Kevin Costner Robin Hood Prince of Thieves thing, where it's like his butt from afar. And, there you, you know, go, Gladril or whoever loses their fucking mind because it like turns into like <laughs> evil, evil elf. Just seeing that ass. Um, anyway, okay. I was, uh, uh, I knew you would get it. You know, I'm, I'm speaking to the the normies out there listening, whoever they may be. Uh, there apparently was uh, four years ago. A Scream Factory uh, release, Blu-ray, of the 1998 mm. Psycho that had a new uh, commentary track. I think it has the original one, which I have my DVD copy here somewhere. Um, I also own it in HD on iTunes. I'm not, of course you do. There, Mr. <laughs> Vincent, you can still keep counting your money like you do in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Nice. Um, but yes, they, they came out with one that, uh, a commentary track, I believe, from like a, a Psycho historian. I think specifically mm. talking about the response to the 1998 version. So I'm kind of intrigued by that. I wish yeah. I was aware of that. I'm going to blame Dave. He's still like spinning discs. He should have uh, let me know that this was available back in 20, 2017. What an asshole. Yeah. Dave, uh, get it together. Bloomhouse.com. Rob uh, Galuzzo, uh, writer and director of the Psycho mm. Legacy a documentary covering the series. He's the one that was. That on reminds that me. Have you seen desk. any of the sequels? I've heard the sequels are actually pretty good, like Psycho Two, Psycho Three. Well, I'm glad you brought that up for self promotion time because uh, on my other show, Trilogy and Theory, we're actually going to do an episode on Psycho. Not uh, it'll be next month. We're doing, uh, okay. but it's a, more about um, uh, trips. Uh, I think the th- the working theme is uh, having a breakdown during a trip. So we're we're looking at it more about the from the Marian perspective. But that got myself and Webb talking about the Psycho sequels. And so Psycho 2 will be featured on another month coming up. So we'll okay. be going through. Uh, I think I've seen all but number three. Because I think four is like the early version of like Bates Motel. Where it's like Norman as a kid. It's about uh, growing yes. up with his mom. But I couldn't tell you what three is. Two is a <laughs> Norman's older and, you know, he's out of, I think he's out of prison and he goes back to the hotel, which sounds real fucking healthy. If I was his parole <laughs> officer, I'd be like, no, you can't uh, reopen the Bates no. Motel. Um, but I've seen that one. You know, it's, it's fine. Uh, it's fun. Uh, I will now shift gears to promote an episode dropping a week from now uh, on this feed. Uh, and it will be, uh, I'm, I'm in the mood for it. Anthony Perkins, Dave. Okay. And I'm going to pull a, an all about Steve here, possibly. <laughs> um, but 
uh, the Rotten Tomatoes for this film that I've not seen. So it's sight unseen, but I'm just interested. I'm in the mood for more Perkins. 67%. So we're Ooh, right under. Just uh, barely. Okay. And it's, I believe, a 1978 thriller called Remember My Name, where he's the lead. Mm. So uh, this popped up, for me at least, on Turner Classic Movies. Uh, and I was like, oh, Anthony Perkins movie. Like, cause unfortunately for him, he's kind of one of the most famous as far as being typecast, a young actor that could never escape his most famous role, uh, as Norman Bates. So if I can see something else with him, uh, and it's in that thriller realm, uh, this is going to be the summer of Perkins for me, apparently on podcasts. I'm just going to do as much of it as I can, but also yes. featuring a young Jeff Goldblum in that movie, apparently. So that'll be nineteen seventy eight. Handsome. That's what we're yeah. going for with that right. game. Yes, nineteen seventy eight. Remember my name. But before that, speaking of handsome, um, yeah, we're gonna have to do what? Michael B. Jordan. Uh, uh, yes. Oh no, that's already happened. Hold on, take that back. We're gonna have to do. <laughs> oh my god, this doesn't fit at all. Actually, leave that in. <laughs> I'm getting my timeline right. We're going with a complete uggo, not a handsome guy, because we've already talked about Michael B. Jordan. Uh, there's a new Billy Crystal comedy with Tiffany Haddish called Here Today, and that's what I'm positing to you. Might, might, might be mine and Dave's first since he moved to Kentucky theatrical experience viewing Ooh, together. Ooh, okay. All right. <laughs> because I'm ready. Nothing kicks off the summer like a Billy Crystal buddy comedy. Like, we, you know, Marvel has left town. This is what we're left with. So. Also starring Sharon Stone as Sharon Stone. No shit. She's, according to IMDb, she's top billing. So Sharon Stone and then. (laughs) I keep, I keep stumbling into victories here. So yes, Yes, absolutely. And Kevin Klein, one of my favorite actors. So I'm, no, I'm hyped. Okay, you're sold. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Wouldn't it be the ultimate indignity? We hype it up and I hype it up as like a joke. Like, oh, look at the summer movie season. Look at this, this crap that we're getting (laughs) that we then get excited about and watch it not come to our city. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, maybe I'm I'm putting my putting my money on Movie Tavern. That's where, because I I still haven't gone there yet. So that'll be maybe my first entry into the Movie Tavern. Now that you've called down the thunder, it'll be at the one uh, like across the street. Yeah, yeah right. We, I can but see it. Fun. It's right there. Yeah, as long as we yeah. can see it. So yeah, that's that's some of this stuff coming up. And I promise you, I'll get better at keeping my uh, schedule uh, correct. <laughs> now that, and I love, we'll see a movie together now that I've been here for a year. Fucking pandemic. Unbelievable. At least you, you have been to a movie theater. I've not yes. been since you've been here. So you, oh, you went and watched uh, Kong and the Lizard fight. Yes, and, uh, yes. Uh, which I've still not seen, by the way. I probably should, if I want to watch it for free-ish, I probably should get on that before it yeah, rotates out time. of uh, HBO it's, Max. Yeah. Yeah, it's time. Got to watch Perkins uh, first. More Anthony yeah. Perkins. Yes, I'm I'm okay with that. Absolutely. All right. So uh, in the meantime, um, in between these episodes, if you would like to hear more from us, you can follow us on Twitter at Offscreen Death or on Instagram at The Offscreen Death, where I'm sure there will be thousands of pictures of Anthony per- Perkins that Mike is now fixated on. So here's hoping. I can't do it during the recording because we figured out that it blocks my camera. I tried <laughs> yes. to do that the last time and... Uh, Poor Anna Kendrick just didn't get on Instagram. Uh, what will happen to her career now with our 15 <laughs> followers? <laughs> yeah, we could have really put her over the top into movie star, superstar status. Don't worry. But... We'll, we'll do that for Anthony Perkins. <laughs> yes. It'll we'll help find... him out a ton. <laughs> <laughs> well, his family will be very grateful. Uh, so, yeah, so follow us on online and we will talk to you soon.